Today's sermon is entitled, Lord, help me forget some things. I want you to read that with me. Read that with me. Lord, help me forget some things. And we'll be in Isaiah 43 verses 18 to 19. And then we'll take a look at a moment for Philippians 3 verses 13 through 14. Thank you, God, for this word. Lord, help me forget some things. As we go into the new year, um, we have to learn the nuance of forgetting. Um, Many of us hold things for long, 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 long periods of time. And we don't know how dissolving they can be to our future endeavors. They are distractive. They are impending. And they create havoc. Here's what I want to say initially. If you can still see your past, then your future isn't very commanding. If your past still demands most of your energy, then your future has no swag. In other words, if your past is the dominant thing in your life, then your future is not very attractive or alluring. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that you can't build anything new while holding the past. Listen, you need your hands to work on the future. You need your mind, you need your heart, You need yourself to be able to work on the future. But if you're beholding the past, you can't build anything new. You will need both hands for where you're going in 2022. You cannot hold on to the past with one hand while reaching for the future of the other. And many of us try to live that way. We try to live holding on to both when God says a one-handed future is insufficient. You need both hands for your children this year. Ooh, I feel that one. You need both hands for your marriage You need both hands for your ministry, for your business, A.D. Sweets, Adrian, for Cynthia, for your, your, your workshop, your ministry, for all of those of you who are crafting and gifting, little Ben, and all of you who are doing different things in the world. You will need both hands for what God wants to do. So when we consider our new year approaching, January 1 is coming Our futures require our strongest and complete focus. 
We need to be settled. Ah, I feel that one. I feel that one. You cannot be up and down and roller coasterish. You cannot be indecisive. Oh, that's, I'm giving you some great words this morning. I hope you're taking note of them. You can't be indecisive in 2022. 2022 will involve risks, yes. And it is no guarantee that everything will work, but you will need both hands in. You know, I remember riding on the boat rides at Disneyland or Magic Mountain or or the train or something. And they always say, keep both hands inside the boat. Keep your hands inside the car. Keep yourself, keep everything inside what you're working on. If you're working on your marriage, stay in that. Don't be reaching out to other things and people. No, stay in. If you're trying to build your job, you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to keep all hands. in. Listen, you need everything you've got to make that business work. You can't pick up the extracurriculars that diversify you or or bifurcate you. In other words, break you up into a bunch of mini pieces. God requires wholeness. He wants the whole you in 2022. I'm preaching already. I, this ain't this stuff ain't even in my notes. I'm, I'm telling the Holy Spirit is speaking to you guys. Listen to this. Write this down or take note of it. The less variables to consider the more variables you can better understand. In other words, the less things you surround yourself with, the better you're able to understand what is supposed to be there. So too many variables can create the mind to be juggled to where you don't understand any of it. It's too much information. It's too many items to focus on. So God says, Lessen your variables. Smaller is better. Less is more. Focus on what I have given you. Understand it. Maximize the potential of what you already have. Listen, God says I can do more with what's left in your life than you can do with a bunch of brand new resources. How do I know that? We preached about it. God said, how are we going to feed? The disciples said, how are we going to feed 5,000? He said, what you got? Two fish and five loaves of bread. That don't match up. He says, I can do it. God can do more with what you have left in 2021 to make sure 2022 is off the change. chains. Instead of you waiting for 2020, if I could just get this, if I could just get, uh-uh, take what you have left in 2021 and say, I'm all in, God with two fish and five loaves of bread. I've got 5,000 people problems waiting on me in 2022. And God says, you've got two fish and five loaves of bread in 2021 who can meet that need. So let's exegete the text, shall we? Let's look at the text. The text says, our first text says, do not, call to mind, this is the NASB, New American Standard Bible version, do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Verse 19 says, behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. 
Will you not be aware of it? Question mark. I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Let's break this down just a little bit. Let me help you understand this. Because many people don't know that there's scripture that tells you what to do with forgetting things. This passage clearly intimates what you are to do with past information. The text said, put it uh, back on the screen real quick, 18. I want you to just hear it again. Do not call to mind the former things. So do not call to mind the former things. So look at the, the noun is the former things. The noun is former things. Or ponder things of the past. So I want to look at, first of all, the nouns. I want to look at the former things and I want to clarify things of the past. These are the nouns. So the verb is do not call to mind or ponder. Those are the verbs. But let's look at the nouns. Let's be clear on what former things and things of the past are. All right. Let's check this out. What is former? Do not call to mind the former things. The former, th watch this, listen to me. The former thing could be referred to as what came first. In other words, it is the notion, do not, listen, because I want you to, it's not all just 20 years ago. The text in the Greek seems to suggest this. The way it is constructed, it says, do not call to mind the thing that just happened right before you, where you are right now. So he's saying, do not call to mind the former thing. What does that mean? Just the thing that preceded it. The relationship that preceded the one you're in. The job that preceded the one, whatever just came before where you are right now. In other words, do not consider the thing that came first. Watch this now. Oh my God, this is powerful. It could also mean chief, the thing that is chief as in priority, as in top ranking, the thing that was before just what happened. Watch this. Listen to me. A lot of people, listen, you know what they say? Ain't nothing like your first love. Oh, why is it the first love? Because it was first. It was the first one. So a lot of times we give heavy priority. We pledge heavy loyalty to, to first experiences. Ooh. Ah, this is juicy. Even Christians sometimes put too much credibility and loyalty on something God did for them the first time 10 years ago. And you miss out on what God is doing now. Your allegiance to, you know how you say, you, some people, oh, don't, don't raise your hand, don't say amen, be quiet on the comments, somebody know who you are. But you know how you say to your first love, you say, I will always love you. There will always be a place in my heart for you. Hold up. There better not be no place in your heart.
heart for nobody else as long as I'm your husband. You tracking what I'm saying? There cannot be any loyalty to preceding things. Listen, watch this. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Watch this now. Listen, family. Ah, watch this. We pledge loyalty to family because they came first. And the Bible says that when you get married, you are to leave father, mother, cleave to your husband or wife. Now, not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about also once you exit the house, and we preach a sermon about this, how you must establish your own independence and identity. Your your loyalty to a family can be crippling. Oh, preach, Pastor Cherry. Preach, preach, ouch. Say ouch if I'm on your toes. How about this? How about this? Just because it was the first church you grew up in, just because it's where you started, but you aren't getting anything anymore from that church. God says, do not remember the former things, those things that happened. I remember when I first left my home church and I went to a larger church, I was doing new ministry. Guess who kept showing up at the old church? I kept popping up. Why? Because I had feelings, because I had affections, because I wasn't familiar with the new place. I kept running back to my old church and God said, stop it. He said, you're going to your old church for comfort, for an emotional need that I have provided for you in a new place. Oh, ouch, 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 ouch. Is anybody saying amen? Check and just, check and just, I, do I need to pause? This is an ouch potato. You have given loyalty to a job, an old boss, an old situation that is ridiculous. And God says, you have got to move on. So in this text, in the context of this scripture today, the text is really demonstrating a truth that they had just experienced the destruction of Sennacherib. They were returning from Babylon. They had just had considered a, a destruction. They had just had an experience of negativity And God was saying, I'm about to do something new and I can't do the new thing if you're stuck worrying about your past fight with Sennacherib. So that's just number one. The first noun was don't call to mind the former things. But the text also said, let's put it back on the screen, please. It said, don't ponder Things of the past. Well, what's the things of the past? What's the difference between things of the past and former things? There are two different words in the Greek. So if there are two different words used, then they mean something different. So the things of old, you're not to ponder. In other words, don't ponder All the other things that went on before in the past. In other words, not just, listen, listen, don't just call to mind the thing that just 
previously happened. But he says, in case you're trying to say, well, I don't think about that. He says, you got a whole list of stuff that you are harboring. You are hoarding, H-O-A-R-D-I-N-G. You are hoarding, hoarding a list of ancient past hurts, rejections, fears, accolades, successes, and promotions that have no place for where you are going. So God says, don't call to mind, don't remember what just happened previously, nor don't ponder on things that happened all around it. Are you tracking? All right. So let's look at the verbs now. Put the scripture on the screen, please. And the verb is, do not call to mind and ponder. And the reason they are focused on that is because they are two different words and they mean have two different emphasis. So let's look at the first one. Do not call to mind. So in other words, he says, don't call to mind, meaning don't bring it up. Don't, in other words, forget it. Forget about it. In other words, he says, don't recall it. Don't pull it up. Listen to what I'm, oh, I'm preaching to somebody. I'm about to look right in the camera. I, I'm going to my gifts and I'm, I'm, I hope I don't call no names. He says, listen, don't recall don't let them come into your mind. Don't pull them up. You know, how you have files on your computer where you look up stuff or you go through your phone, you look up old texts or you look up phone numbers. He says, don't pull them up. Don't go to the files for review, block them out. So we're talking about don't call to mind former things. So we're talking about the thing that just previously happened. He's saying, stop regurgitating it. Stop bringing up what just happened. It teaches you to forget it. If you keep bringing it up, you won't forget it. If you keep talking about it, you won't forget it. So what God is trying to teach you is a principle that says forgetting happens by not revisiting it. Stop going to see it. Stop texting it. Him, her. Stop, stop visiting it, stop talking about it, stop dreaming about it, stop anticipating about it. He says, block them out. Do not let them come into your mind. How? That's how you forget it. Stop bringing it up. That's what it means. Don't call to mind. Put the text back on the screen, please. Second part, the verb says, don't ponder things of the past. Don't ponder the things of the past. Now, what this means is don't ponder it. Uh, the first one said, don't bring it up. The first, ah, God, watch this. Listen to what I'm saying. The first one implies something that just recently preceded where you are now. He says the best thing to do is to not even bring that up. Why? Because it's too fresh. What's fresh emotes quicker. It, it causes you to be irate. And he says, for things that happened recently, best thing to do, don't visit it at all, period. 
In other words, get over it first. The second one suggests, listen, he says, don't ponder it, meaning don't consider it. Don't, uh, don't uh, uh, park in it. Don't sit in the lot and watch it like a two-hour movie at the drive-in we used to go to. In other words, he's saying, don't give attention to it. Don't be discerning in past matters. In other words, don't revisit the past considering, listen to this, because this is going to get you. If I, could I, should I, would I, had I, if I'd have just said that, or if I'd have just done that, or if I had a, maybe if we went to, or if I didn't, or what if she does love me, or the situation has changed, they broke up, now they're available. You are considering something that God says is a past thing. <laughs> if God wants someone from your past in your future, let him bring them up into it instead of you going back to get it. Oh God, I've got to get this tape myself. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. So don't give attention to it. In other words, here's what the text says. The word means don't use, don't use your discernment for matters that have passed. <laughs> In other words, don't try to discern what it means. Use your discern your discernment is to be used for whatever you are in presently. Because those are the things that matter. Use your discernment for what is ahead, not for what is the past. It is tomfoolery, it is foolish of you to use your God-gifted discernment on something that is over. Why discern how you could have changed your spin on the curveball you gone bowling when you hit a gutter? Ain't nothing about your discernment going to change your gutter ball because it has passed. But when you use discernment for what is ahead, watch this now, you can make changes and adjustments that affect what is to <laughs> discernment can change your future. So use your dis is anybody getting this? Don't diligently consider things of old. You're going to sit there and have a conference about 10 years ago. God says, stop it. Here, let me put it in plain vernacular. Don't think about your past carefully. Do not carefully break down item by item, event by event, word by word. Well, she said something, and he said it, and well, what did he say? Well, what? Well, then what did? Well, then what happened? Did they walk over to you? And then did they what? Did they, you are itemizing. You are giving breath to your past. God says you are too carefully detailing a situation that he has removed you from. He says it is over and it doesn't deserve his attention. 
You're asking God to do something with what he's already moved on. He says it doesn't deserve my attention and it doesn't deserve your attention. All right. Well, why? Because verse 19 says this. Behold, I will do something new. I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. So he says, you need to forget the former things. You need to not consider the past things because you will miss the new things. You can't see the new things if you're looking back. Am I track? Are you tracking? We all have missed life because we have sought to desperately repair or understand our pasts. While we are to learn from our pasts, we are not to mull over our pasts. Learning something from the past means God gives you insight. He gives you revelation into what you should have done or missed or passed or whatever. He gives that to you. He does not send you back to analyze it. He gives you the learning from it. God gives you the revelation of how you should have chosen things or how you should have acted. He gives you the revelation. You don't have to go back and discern it. I'm talking to godly people right now. I hope I'm at least people who have given their lives over to him. God does something new. Listen to me carefully. Shauna, God does something new every day. Oh, God throws something out new in our lives every day. The Bible says in Jeremiah Lamentations, he says, great is your faithfulness. Your, 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 your compassions are new every morning. That's what it says. It says every morning we get new compassions. We get his new faithfulness every morning. And if you are stuck, fixed on the past, you will miss what is new. There is something new in today. Lorraine, listen, if we are tuned to what is new every day, we will see the many wonders and beauties of all that God has prepared for us. But you cannot smile in the joy of tomorrow because you're crying in the pains of yesterday. Note, let me share this with you. I call this the law of eminence. It's something I made up. It don't really exist. I call it the law of eminence. Listen, you're forgetting or you're not recalling the past because of the imminence of your future or something new. So what I mean by imminence, I'm saying, listen, we're forgetting the past and we're not recalling the former things because of the imminence of something new. So when we talk about something new, something new is done every day. It is new every morning. 
when we rise up from, from our sleep every night, every morning, we actually experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To raise up from the sleep is to raise up from the tomb of yesterday. Oh God, I preached that at uh, La in the gym one day about how we actually raise up into a new life and that to focus on today is to forget yesterday. It is to pledge allegiance to what is imminent. So when we talk about not recalling the past because of the imminence of the future or something new, listen, if you don't, watch this now, this is the law of imminence. If you don't have something new that is imminent, guess what becomes imminent? Your past. All you have is your past. It becomes imminent if you don't have something new. Listen, something new. Watch this. Not only is God giving us something new, but it is moving toward us. Meaning it is, God dog it. God gives us something new and he is bringing it toward us. He is trying to, he's trying to put his newness in front of us. Romans 6. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. He says we are to walk in the newness of life. Uh, not it, it is implied not the oldness of yesterday. Ah, uh, God. So we are to seek what is new. What's new about your wife? What's new about your job? What's new about your health? What's new about your look? What's new about your anointing? What's new about your knowledge and your wisdom? It is the law of imminence. If you don't have something new that's imminent, then your past will become your imminent focus. Write this down. What you give attention to will have your energy. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to talk to these people over here. What you give attention to will have your energy. Mm, mm, mm. Ouch. Stick them in the side. Poke them in the booty. Oh, wait. Sorry. Listen. They, I got to edit that out. Listen. The text says, the text says, now watch this as I bring this to a close. Put the text back up, please. Verse 19 says, behold, I will do something new. But look at this Look at this phrase. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Ooh, PC, what does that mean? Watch this. Watch this. L listen to what the text says. The text says, he will spring something forth. In other words, it will spring forth in a way you won't even know it. In other words, it is such a part of your life, it won't pop up like a big new car in front of you. The new things in your life are seen as they grow through the natural outflowing of every day. Watch this now. So you don't go into Tuesday thinking when I walk out the door on Tuesday, oh, they're just going to be a beautiful woman a beautiful man who's going to be my husband or be my wife. No, 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 no. Something new will gradually morph into the naturalness of your day-to-day -day life. In other words, the prince ain't going to come down your street riding on a horse talking about I'm your husband. 
You will meet the new thing at Starbucks when you order your latte and you happen to drop your pin and big handsome brawny boo comes over, picks up your pin and says, here, ma'am, you drop this. Ah, God, I want you to see this. That is your new husband springing forth and the text says, will you not know it? In other words, it will happen in a way in which it is not obvious. Have you ever stood by a plant and did you see it grow? No. Do you see your son grow? No. You wake up one day, he's half inch. You can't notice it. But over time, guess what? He's six feet, right? You will begin to notice the things in your life come to fruition as they spring forth from the seed you planted. Watch this now. Watch this now. So from the seed you planted, listen to me, when you forgot yesterday, when you stopped considering the past, you're sowing seed. Ah, oh God. Woo! Because you let it go five years ago, you've had five years of seed to grow. So that now in your sixth year, God is not giving you something new, new. It is really something that has been in the ground for five years being prepared, germinated, and grown for God. I love how God does. When you get a new baby, you don't see it until after three trimesters. You got to go through the sickness. You got to go through the wobbliness. You got to go through getting fat. You got to go through the urges, the cravings. In other words, God brings forth things that are new after a process that involves your engagement. God is not giving you anything new that you have not participated in the process. God, I feel him now. God is giving you something new that will form out of the life you've lived, the character you've displayed, the faith you've demonstrated, the trust you've placed in God, the new things that happen in your life are because of the consistency of your optimism for what God has yet in store for you. As the prophet said, I hath not seen, neither has ear heard the things that God has prepared for the hearts of those who believe in him. I'm telling you, when you wait on the Lord and be of good courage, he will strengthen your heart to forget yesterday because something better is coming. Can somebody say something better is coming? Is this helping anybody? I'm trying to give you an understanding of the text. Why would it say, will it not spring forth and you don't even know it? What does that mean? It means you have to understand what it means that something is coming up and you won't really even be able to recognize it. So he says, shall you not know it? In other words, it's a silent, gradual growth from perhaps within or without, but it will be undetectable. What I'm trying to explain to you is that, listen, I was still growing in junior college, y'all. I was still, people are supposed to stop growing. I was growing in college, but I didn't detect it. I didn't detect it till I went to reach a bowl up in the cabinet. 
I said this bowl I couldn't reach last year, but now I can. Do you get what I'm saying? In the naturalness of what I'm, God, I'm Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. What I'm telling some of you is to go out there in the naturalness of your job, in the naturalness of your school, in the naturalness of your marriage, you will find new things. But you can only grab the new thing if you let go of the old. What quarterback would be able to execute a new play if he's still trying to run the last one. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean you should look back. Don't be like Lot. You say, well, I can't see it. I want, I want to just pop up. I want a new job to just come in. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's there. And just because you can't see it don't mean you ought to be going back. Well, maybe Tyrone will work now. Maybe Sheila will work now. No, they won't. They're the past. They're done. They're over. Don't be considering them. They are not up for consideration. Unless they are in your present, unless they are in your future, brought back by God, they are not for consideration. I'm helping somebody. Because the trouble we're in, the trouble a lot of us are in, we're in it because we went back to some stuff God said get out of. Period. So don't be like Lot. Lot's wife. Lot, come on, let's get out of here. And here she goes. She's going to run. But don't look back. You're going to turn the pillar of stone. Here she goes. Turn around. Turn the pillar of stone. You keep looking back and you keep getting stuck. You want your life to change, but you can't let go of the past. That's why this sermon is called, Lord, help me forget some things. Keep your eyes on the prize, y'all. Now, let me give you some practical help. I want you to check these out. I'm going to give you seven practical principles of why you must forget some things and what God does to help. Now, I'm not going to preach them. I'm just going to give them to you. So sermon pretty much done. I think you're going to get out early today. Let me give you these seven practical principles principles of why you must forget some things and what God does to help you do that. Check out number one. Number one, get out of the habit of comparing your past to your present and future. Woo, that's a good one. Get out of the habit of comparing your past to your present and your future. I'm gonna leave it up on the screen for a second. You write it down or for you to take a picture of it. You mustn't compare your past to your future. In other words, it's where we make a mistake. We say, well, I'm just comparing it. I'm, just, I'm not analyzing it, PC. I'm just comparing it to see if it's good as. You don't need to see if it's as good as. Your future, your present doesn't need to be as good as whatever was. What you need your present to be is what it is. You need for this to be what this is. So don't compare uh uh, Stacy to Sheila. Don't pr- compare Tom to Billy. Don't let Tom be Tom. Let Sheila be Sheila. Stop measuring. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't compare spouse to your mama. Don't compare husband to your daddy. No. 
They are parents that served a purpose in your life up to a point of grown maturity, adulthood. It is not for you to go back and ask old people for advice for your future. The whole point of future is change, is it not? That's the whole point. You you don't want to make the future what the past was. If that's the case, then God could have left you in the past. You just stay where you are. Never expect tomorrow to be the same as today. Never expect tomorrow to be the same as today. No two fingerprints on the earth are the same. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That means there are over 8 billion people in this world with different fingerprints. And you're telling me God can't give you a different day than yesterday. What are you smoking? That's just how specific God is in each day. God says in another part of the Bible, he says he knows the very number of the hairs on your head. He could count. He knows my numbers have gone down. There are less number, my number, and that number changes as the years goes on. But he knows the lesser number of what I started out with. He says, I know the number. In other words, every person is so specific every day. And even the text says, Joy, like this scripture, he says, as your day is, so your strength will be. In other words, whatever God, whatever day God gives you, he gives you the strength to be able to deal with it. All right, number two. Moving on. Keep the train moving, PC. Keep it moving. Keep the train moving, PC. All right, never mind. Number two, see your yesterdays as items for discard. Let me just ask you this. Does anybody know how to throw anything away? That's what discard means. Throw it away. That means throw it away. That means throw it away. Take out the trash. Tap your neighbor and say, take out the trash. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to the impact of it. See your yesterday as an item to be discarded. Dang, that was just yesterday. So as good as Christmas was, I need to forget it just as quickly as it happened. Why? So I can enjoy December 26. So see your yesterday items as items for discard. Keep them for a while, but not longer than after they are to be shredded and never accessed again. So check this out. You know, people, they don't keep bills and records forever, right? Not supposed to. You don't have to. Just imagine keeping all your paperwork accumulated over 50, 60, 70 years of your life. You've thrown some stuff away, right? Because ultimately, you don't need it anymore. Some people keep records for three years. They say standard record keeping, three years, three to five years. Some, seven years. God told Israel, watch this, God told Israel to mourn 30 days over the death of Moses. He said, you got 30 days to cry. It, <laughs> he says, you got 30 days to cry about Moses, then get on board with Joshua. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about it. 
We used to tell our kids, you when you I'ma give you a minute, maybe <laughs> But daddy, but, 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 but daddy, but da- you got you got one more minute. Go go on, get it on out. All right, time is up and they... God is saying to you, you got 30 days to mourn over what you lost. You got to get rid of some stuff. The point is, you got to keep moving forward. God is saying, keep up. Keep up with me. Listen, even credit card companies remove debt after seven years. So why are you keeping stuff past seven years? biblically Israel and I think this is where the credit companies got it from a lot of our systems and policies are based on biblical principles biblically Israel was taught to forgive debts after seven years you're to forgive debts after seven years that's why to some degree when we pray forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors because every seven years the cycle is supposed to wipe clean okay you broke up seven years ago Some of you broke up 27 years ago, but you still, you still, no, seven years, boo, toss them, toss them. I don't mean that negatively. Listen, here's what I'm saying. Ideally, anything over three years, anything, any memory, any situation, anything negative over three years should be considered for discarding. Anything in your life past three years should be considered for discarding. (sighs) Learn to get rid of stuff. And let me say this. Anything still occupying attention and energy that is 10 to 20 years, a tenant in your heart and head has got to go. Any tenant of the past that has been living in your head and in your heart for over 10 to 20 years, they have got to go. I worked for Deacon Mark Todd years ago as an eviction process person. I would take that three-day notice to pay rent or quit, post it on the house. I would deliver uh, um, um, these, uh, what do they call it, detainers to people and say, hey, Here's your situation. You got three days to pay rent. First, we give them a chance. We give them a warning. Then we go to court and file. Then we show up at court. Then we call the sheriff to come and kick your butt out. What process is God in? God today is saying you're getting a three-day notice to get rid of some stuff. January 1 is coming. How many days left? 26, 27, 8, 9, 30, 31, 5 days for six days, five, six days left. You got five, six days warning. Get rid of it before January 1. There's got to be something new in your life since then. You're sitting here telling me that the only memory and nostalgic thing that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy is something that happened 10 years ago. There's got to be something new that rocks your boat. Don't you know that's why new relationships are you all giddy and all that stuff? Because it's new. If you're not giddy and excited and and all that, you ain't got nothing new in your life. I'm amped up and I'm excited every Sunday. Why? Because I got a new word. PC, you be so animated. You be so, how do you do that every week? Because every week is new. 
I don't like preaching warmed up leftover sermons because they're not new. Because I'm more excited when it's new. All I'm saying is change your old habits. Even habits become even habits become deceptions. Old habits make you think God only works one way. That's what a habit is. A habit makes you think God can only do it one way. Well, that's tradition. That's a habit I have. That's just the that's just the way I am. That's just the way I do it. Well, God changes. Habits are deceptive. And habits were never meant to stay. There is powerful wisdom in keeping it moving forward. It has a tremendous power to help you forget what you should be forgetting. If you move forward, it helps you forget the past. And I already told you, don't argue with me. Don't, don't come at me. Don't come for me. I already showed you in Isaiah 43, 18, 19. He said, do not consider the former things and do not ponder the things of the past. And I already told you. So don't tell me. The Bible said it. And I feel like in my spirit. I, I can't do it. I ain't God. But I feel like in my spirit. I need to command somebody. To break this cycle. Before this new year is up. I command you to break it now. In Jesus name. This Constant affection and loyalty to always making more room for more stuff that's no good for you. Well, I don't need it, but I'll put it over here. If you don't need it, get rid of it. God dog it. Somebody's toes is broke. I just broke somebody's toe. Well, just in case I need it. Well, you haven't needed it for 15 years, boo. If you ain't used it in 15 years, get rid of it. Just like when we, uh, in IT, after, we call it refreshing. After four years, we refresh all the computers. The policy says after three or four years, we refresh all the, everybody gets a new computer. Why? Because it's old. It don't do what it's supposed to do anymore. What do we do with data? We have archived data. And after we haven't used data for decades, what do we do? We delete it. So why are you holding on to what your last church did, how great your previous pastor was, your boss from 10 years ago ain't like your current boss, and I keep dreaming of my old boss. What's wrong with you? All right, I got to go. I got to go. PC, oh my God, I got too far. Sorry. Number three, move, move, move. Let's go. Number three, even good things of old are to be forgotten. Even the good things, hello, hello, baby sister, hello. Hello, cousin Kevin, Lisa, hello. Even good things of old are to be forgotten. Write it down, take a picture of it. Israel was to forget Egypt. Israel was to forget their deliverance from Egypt. God said, forget about even the good thing I crossed the Red Sea, all of that. If you don't forget it, you won't rejoice in Canaan, the promised land. You got to forget the good stuff. Those were all good things, but even good things can keep you from seeing the best things. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Even the good things can keep you from seeing the best things. Wink, wink. Got to move on. Number four. Boom pile. Number four. 
To remember the old is to undervalue your present and future. If you keep remembering the old, what you're saying to God is, I have no value. I'm placing no value in my present and I'm placing no value in my future. The only thing important to me is my past. To keep remembering your old is to undervalue your present and your future. In other words, you see your life as an ever, you should see your life as an ever increasing investment. You are always appreciating. You are always appreciating. Somebody tap yourself and say, I am always appreciating. I am always appreciating. There is no depreciation in God. There is no depreciation in God. Paul said, though my outward man perishes, my inner man is renewed day by day. And it is the spirit man that is connected with God. This flesh is not connected with God. This flesh obeys our spirit. So though this diminishes, it doesn't matter. That's not the thing that's connected with God. You are not connected with God by flesh. You are connected by spirit. That's why we say when we pray or when we read or when we worship, we say close your eyes so you won't focus on the flesh. You can focus on the spirit because it is a spirit that is connected with God. And so though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed every day. In other words, I am appreciating every day. I am better in my spirit today than I was yesterday. So it's okay for the outward to perish because that's not eternal. We don't live for it. So what does that mean? Invest in the things that have eternal value. Invest in your future. Ain't nobody asking you to invest in your past. Why? Because there's nothing the past can do for you today. So you invest in what is forward. You invest in what you think God has promised you. The past doesn't have eternal value because God is not the past. He is past, present, and future. I got you. We think that God is focusing on the past. He is not just past. And for you to look only at the past is for you not to be godly. To be godly is to know that God is powerful enough to be able to be in the past, to make the present what it is so the future can be established. I can't even repeat that. Number five, let's go to number five. Here we go. Be weary of those who speak only of past accomplishments and experiences. Be weary of those people who only talk about yesteryear, who only talk about their heyday, who can only talk about what they did in college, who can only talk about their ex-girlfriend or ex-husband. Be weary of people who have more conversation about their past than they do about the optimism of their future. Because when people talk about their past, over and over again, that is proof that they haven't moved on or they don't have anything new that they're working on. Find people who have present day or future excitement. Meet people who are happy about tomorrow, not trying to transverse back to their past. Number six, number six, Seeing tomorrow as better helps you forget yesterday. So in other words, wake up thinking by default today is going to be a better day. Sorry, Ice Cube. Not going to be a good day. It's going to be a better day. Today is a better day. We should expect God's new things for our lives 
to be so much better than our last experience with him that it actually helps us forget. Something has got to be new in your life that helps you forget the past. I remember saying to Joy on our last trip we went on, on our last trip, I remember that trip so well. I remember it because it was better than some of the other ones. I it ooh, ooh, yes, I can see it now. It's in my mind. In other words, what you enjoy most, you will remember. Ah, if the only thing you enjoy happened 10 years ago, then you aren't living in the now to create newer and better memories. You are stuck. So we got to take new trips, boo. We got to go somewhere new because I'm always trying to make the next trip better than the last one so I can create new excitement. Will you not know it? And I'm not talking about just saving money trying to go on trip. I'm talking about, again, it will spring forth. Opportunities come forth. In other words, people sometimes they say, oh, Pastor, I'm blessing you with a timeshare. Here, go to our timeshare. We can, here, do this. It'll give us a gift card or whatever. I'm talking about things we're not even asking for trips. And people may be a blessing to, I'm telling you, don't worry about the money. Don't worry. We don't have any money piece. I'm telling you, it will happen in God's divine process in your life. Is anybody tracking with me? All right. Here's the last one. Number seven, what God brings you into must always be better than what he brought you out of. What God brings you into must always be better than what he brought you out of. Why? So you can forget what you were in quicker. God's strategy, listen to me, God's strategy is to do something new for the purpose of you forgetting what is old. By design, God is tasked with creating something new so you can forget the old. Why would God say forget the old and not give you anything to look forward to? So God by design is saying to help you forget your past. I'm going to keep throwing new stuff in front of you. <laughs> and it's got to be better. It's got to be better. That's the only way you're going to look at it. It's got to be better. You got to look at it. It's got to be attractive enough to look at it. So while coming out of Egypt was great, drowning the Pharaoh. Oh, the stories. Oh, we drowned the Pharaoh and all his army men. Being brought into Canaan should be a much more memorable occasion. In other words, where you are now ought to be better than where you were five years ago. Your walk with God. Why do you think the old saints used to sing the song? Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. They understood it. They got it. Something new is on the horizon. So I conclude with this passage. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize 
of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. None of us have attained our highest state, which means there is always something better. There is a better version of Pastor Cherry tomorrow that I can wake up excited to try to attain. The fact that we haven't attained our best self means that there is yet a reason to continue our pursuit. The fact that your marriage is bad is a reason to pursue better. We do that first by, as the text said, forgetting what is behind. Step one is forgetting. If you're going to be a better PC, forget the old PC. If you're going to be a better couple, forget the old couple. If you're going to have better children, forget how your children acted 20 years ago, five years ago, a year ago. It starts with forgetting. Paul said, not as though I've already attained forgetting that which is behind. Forgetting. And what is he forgetting? That which is behind. Put the text on the screen. Let me see it. Please. Forgetting what lies behind. Step one. Forgetting what lies behind. Step one. Step two. Reaching forward to what lies ahead. Step one. Forgetting what's behind. Reaching. Reaching. Forget this. Reach for this. Forget this. Reach for this. Forget this. Reach for this. Are you tracking? Reach toward what lies ahead. And then the text says, I press toward the mark. Forget, reach, press. The text implies this very simply. Forget, reach, and what does press mean? Press means opposition. It's going to be a little hard. Got to do a little work. Press toward what? Press toward the goal. Well, what's the goal? Our best self. The will of God, his purpose for our life, our significance and impact, our meaning, why we're here, why we exist. That's the goal. Be who God has called you to be. Get there. Get there, Lisa. Get there, Danielle. Get there, Luanda. Get there. Get there, T. Get there, cousin. Get there, Joy. Get there. Get there. Adrian, get there. Get there. Stop sitting around mulling over the past. Get there. Forget, reach, and press. But the only way you can do that is by keeping your eye on the prize. When I wake up in the morning, you know what? I, I Last night, I remember thinking to myself, I rem, you know what consumes my thoughts a lot? I think about. I think about how I can do better. I think about, I see myself on a platform. I see myself in front of thousands of people. I see myself 
uh, and I look at LeBron, I look at uh, different people who have done great things. And, you know, I look at different, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I'm picking sports figures because I was watching sports a lot yesterday. But, you know, uh, people who have done great things and I look at them and I'm like, that's why I read biographies. I read biographies, Colin Powell and, 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 and uh, uh, Barry Gordy and, and others that, that I've read because I want to see what they've done. It inspires me. I don't want to be them. I want to be me. And my thoughts are consumed. Sometimes I'm watching TV and I stand up and I get hot. I get hot. Hallelujah. I get hot because I think about what I can do. I think about the gifts that are on my life. I'm called to speak. I'm called to play music. I'm called to write. I'm called to be a personality. And I get hot. And I look at God and I say, I just want to wait. I want my moment. I want my moment. And the only way I'll get there is if I forget if I reach and if I press. So I wake up today, I say, well, hey, ain't going to be number 20 people online. Ain't going to be number 15. Don't worry about it, baby. In my mind, I'm saying 15 going to turn to 150. 150 going to turn to 1500. 1500 going to turn to 15 million. Because I know what God keeps putting in front of me. I am not discouraged. Well, the grace place was great. And grace horizon was great. I don't care. Beautiful. It was great. I've forgotten it. Mm. Woo! Why? Because breath for change is where we are now. And what God wants to do here is what he's doing here. What he wants to do with KKLA is what he wants to do with KKLA. What God wants to do with my future, I'm open to it. I'm facing 2022 down the barrel. And I'm saying, whatever you got, I'm ready. I will not be discouraged or swayed by disappointment or by what it looks like it should be or what I had in mind. If 22 and 2 rolls in, not looking like what I had in mind, I will keep looking around the corner like, well, what did Jesus have in mind? Okay, it must be something different. So run toward the finish line. Not back to the starting line. Before January 1, 2022, forget some things that you know have been in your head and heart far too long. And it may be the very things that are keeping you from seeing the better that 2022 has to offer you. So if God let you see, Lil Ben, if God let you see 2022, that means he has something better for you in it. If God let you see 2022, it means he's got something better for you. Because if you listen to the sermon, I'm telling you, tomorrow is going to be new. The new year is going to be new. Something is new in it. And that newness requires you to forget, to reach, and to press. I'm PC. That's the special for today. And that's all I got. Happy New Year and be safe.